God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, you know, I officially cut the cord with my YouTube TV, and uh, I no longer have cable, thanks to Fox News firing Tucker Carlson. And that's really the driving force to that. And uh, so we'll see how this goes. But, um, yeah, I didn't know exactly what day was going to uh, end. And I go to put on uh, the news. And uh, now what I'm doing is I have uh, one of these fire TV sticks. So uh, there is the uh, NTD. Now, I uh, I, have a, I have a subscription to, um, but I don't think you need a subscription because it didn't ask me to, to log in. But um, Epoch uh, TV is an app that you can get on your Fire TV and uh, NTD. And I got to tell you, it was refreshing. I'm watching NTD and they're covering the news like like they used to, you know, back in the old days. And it's sort of like a rotating uh, two different people sort of reading uh, news scripts. Letting you know what's going on without bloviating or giving their opinion, just telling you what the news is. But as I was looking at the news and, you know, the things I'm starting to see trend on social media, like I just read that uh, football in Spain is, uh, they, they claim they have a race problem. And I was thinking to myself, race problem? You know, and then they're doing the same thing like in England. And I was like, this stuff seems to be like contagious or something. You know, it's kind of weird. It says here, AFP news agency, um, whoever that is, says, breaking, Spain has problem with racism in football. Now, football over there is soccer. Federation president says, right, claims. So it expands on that. 
And he says, Spain has a problem with racism. The head of the country's football federation said Monday, a day after Real Madrid's forward, and that would be today, Vinicius Jr. was again the target of racist chants during a match. These are all radical lefties, by the way. Spain is a very liberal country. Uh, Soccer is a very liberal sport. And I remember a friend of mine who's German that happens to be living in Spain and Madrid, um, you know, went to Penn, you know, radical liberal, uh, nice enough person, friend of mine. But, you know, I said to the person at some point, I said, you know, I don't understand what the big beef is with you liberals and you lefties trying to still figure out race. Like, that's the chapter that you're on. I don't know anybody that has an issue with skin color except for my liberal friends that somehow want to use it to exploit. You know, and you get you get good, strong thinkers and, you know, like Thomas Sowell or, you know, all these sort of like great black leaders that basically, you know, Morgan Freeman or uh, some others just saying, stop talking about it. It was Morgan Freeman, but it was someone else, too. Uh, and they, they just basically said, oh, it was Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson said, I'm an American-American. I'm not a black American. I'm not an African-American. I, my mom and dad were born in Detroit. You know, my, I'm, I'm from here. I'm from America. My family's... Uh, and my grandfathers uh, all fought for America, you know, one way or the other. And so, you know, it you got to think about it, and you got to say what what is going on. They got the they got this new Truth Czar channel. It's this uh, morning breakfast uh, in England where they have like a disinformation czar. On their news, as if to say, you know, like if MSNBC used Rachel Maddow as their 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 truth czar, and somehow they they have these nice maps and they have this the, all these videos and all this great technology to Google Map in and zoom in and see the front lines and see where Russia is in the Ukraine war. Meanwhile, Ukraine's been censored. I mean, uh, not Ukraine. Russia's been censored. And for what? You know, they can't speak. You, the West is not allowed to hear what Putin has to say. If I put up anything that's related to uh, Russia's official statement, it gets censored on big tech. So, you know, then you got this whole green thing. I mean, not green thing, um, woke thing. Woke, green. It's all a ruse. You take a look at the FBI Russian hoax. It was a hoax, folks. And it was always a hoax. And I always said it was a hoax. I never, ever bought that for one second. You never heard, listened to this show and heard that somehow I bought into this whole thing. Where you're Ukraine. And shame on Kevin McCarthy for wearing his blue and yellow lapel pin. 
or or handkerchief in his pocket. Every one of these stories is a ruse. You almost get the impression, what is the agenda? Like, do you have any level of embarrassment to to be wrong so often, all the time? And uh, I just don't quite understand it. I know it's about dividing and conquering. I know that. But, you know, because for the longest time, black people were claiming they were victims because of slavery and Jim Crow laws. And then you start reading history and you start finding out that there was a lot of black wealthy landowners that had their own set of slaves. So then you get the reparations and you're like, okay, do, they, do their ancestors get the $5 million per person that they want to dole out in San Francisco? Meanwhile, California is $32 billion in debt and and uh, has no chance of passing legislation in the state. It'll be held up somewhere along the way and nobody's ever going to see a red cent. And what's the point? of wasting taxpayer dollars having these committee hearings and uh, talking about this stuff, it's because they're trying to buy votes without the money. And black people are falling victim to this. It's like, well, we keep voting for this uh, liberal agenda. We might just get ourselves a million dollars. Oh, shoot, I'd be happy with a 500000 They're going to get nothing. And... It's never going to pass the constitutional muster. It's never going to pass the Supreme Court. There will be people that are going to sue for this. And I, for one, you know, I would, would probably be the one suing because I'll be doggone if I'm going to be paying uh, for a crime I didn't commit. And where does the crime start and end? Where's the area of jurisdiction? I mean, certainly black people can't say, for example, with reparations, that they were victims in every single country in the world. At some point, you got to say, well, that's on you then. You can't be a victim everywhere and claim, you know, you're not doing something wrong. Right? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I can understand if somehow we built America and America became prosperous because of slave labor. Well, isn't that what they're doing in the in the in the Africa right now? In the cobalt mines, working those black children to death for a buck a day? And somehow we're we're going to give reparations to some the 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 same crime, <laughs> literally like the same crime, but only 150 years ago, 200 years ago? When, you know, they were building a country and had bigger problems like starvation and cold weather and electricity and, you know, telecommunications and and mobility. <laughs> you know, they were inventing the world back then. But, you know, there's a lot to this stuff. It's been so politicized, and it's the left that keeps doing it. So, looking at this um, this uh, segment uh, that um, Jesse Waters put out, and again, I don't get Fox News. I don't watch Fox News, but uh, you know, 
it doesn't exempt them from putting together a good commentary piece that I can play from Twitter. And that's what I do, or YouTube or somewhere like that. And I got to say, first there was the Bud Light and Miller Light, because Miller Light got in on the action, right? And then now there's Adidas. Uh, Adidas has come out with a swimming suit that's made for men that want to wear a feminine, like, bikini. Oh, it's disgusting. Whose newest ad feature a male model bulging is this I'm reading this this is what Jesse Waters wrote bulging out of a woman's swimsuit an ad exec says Wall Street's responsible for this bombardment of woke campaigns well I'm going to play this clip because we know what it's about folks we know what it's about and I heard this guy give his response, and I'm like, he must be listening to the Scott Adams Show because it's all about BlackRock pushing a globalist agenda to push their woke policies to uh, attack Christianity, to attack the family, to attack your God, because they know that there's one thing that beats globalism and their governments, and that's God, and that's family, and that's love, and that's truth. They know it. And so they got to beat it. They got to actually cloud the truth. They got to create chaos so you don't know what's true anymore. And they got to deteriorate the family structure because that is like a fortress. And they got to get rid of that fort. They got to get break those walls down. And they got to infect the children whose minds they can actually manipulate. Because they ain't, they ain't manipulating my mind, are they? No, I'm, I'm like a truck that just keeps on going down the road. They're not going to stop me until they stop me, maybe. I don't know. Look at the J6, those poor J6 people rotting in jail still. Lives ruined for what? Objecting to the idea that there might be election fraud, which has been perfectly proven in Arizona. It's not like it doesn't exist. We're living in a very, very interesting uh, time, and it's um, it's a sad time. We are at war. This is a war. You know, shame on my liberal friends who don't even get it. They don't even know because they're not the victims, because they're the mockingbird people. They're basically saying the words that help them get the raise, and they're selling out for money, and they don't even know it. They have this level of arrogance that just sort of suggests that they're not conspiratorial, that they go with the system and everything's going to work out just fine. I mean, and that would be easy. That is the easier path to not question anything and to allow people like Klaus Schwab, who have a history of Nazism, to run the show. And then there's people like you and me that question these things and and expose them. And of course the media won't uh, portray it. They won't, they'll censor it. And here we are, you know, living in this vicious cycle of, of war words. And the only saving grace right now is that the mainstream media, I just cut the cord. I told you that in the open, right, of my show. And more and more people are doing that. 
And more, uh, you know, Fox News, I don't think they could have imagined how much they actually lost. There was a great uh, YouTube interview that I uh, witnessed uh, by Beth Ayers talking about, um, talking about, you know, how uh, Roger Ailes would never have fired Tucker the way that that all went down. And, uh, and that, you know, the Murdochs are radical left. And it was an interesting expose on that. Let's take a listen to this clip, though, because um, this guy says exactly, he answers the question. One of the few times I've ever heard somebody answer the question the way Scott Adams on the Scott Adams show answers the question. And I think in some cases, you know, it sort of gets old. It always traces back to globalism and the money behind globalism, which is like BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. But we've been talking about this for a long time. And so when you take a listen to this, you're going to hear this guy come to the same conclusion that we've been talking about for years now. And it's appreciated because I feel like sometimes I'm a lone voice with this subject. But I keep pounding away because that's the only answer that seems to come up. Every single time I hit the button and the same answer rolls up. And what am I going to do but talk the truth, right? That's all I'm in this for. But let's take a listen. Because this is ridiculous. These globalist companies are running the world. And it's the world's biggest monopoly. This world's greatest, biggest, most powerful monopoly. This would have been like, you know... This is the reason why we broke up the Baby Bells. This is the reason why the Rockefellers and Standard Oil had to be uh, broken up. And now what they've done is they created an even bigger monopoly, but they've done it outside of the shores so they're not subjected to any one country's monopoly legislation, whether it's the Sherman Act or antitrust in America or whatever some other country might have that mirrors that, because I'm sure it, it exists. And somehow they're they're finding that their their headquarters is somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. They got a foot over here and they got a foot over there, and at some point they're not bound by any one country's rules, except for Meta, who just got sued 1.5 billion dollars for selling your personal information to corporations overseas from Europe to America, and they did it illegally, and now they're appealing that, but that's a big deal, too. That's that's $1.5 billion. They I don't think they barely have anymore. Well, let's take a listen to this. Jesse Waters, woke corporations, you got to wonder, why are they doing it? They're not doing it for the money, and that's the problem. When you're a monopoly like they are, you're doing it for the power. Not to be outdone by Bud and Miller Lite, Adidas decided to catapult over both of them with their new pride line. A male model bulging out of a woman's swimsuit. And on the way to the pool, why don't you drive there in a pride truck? Sexuality has no bearing on things you can achieve in life. Seeing the very gay raptor in person and what Ford is honestly doing is one of the coolest things we've seen from, from a global brand like this. All right, so right there, what he's talking about is Ford came up with a truck, and it's hashtag Ford Pride, 
It's got a rainbow paint job on it, and it looks ridiculous. You know, I think during Pride Month, especially in June, a lot of companies show their pride, but it's what do they do outside of those other 11 months of the year? I don't have a problem with Pride Month, but it's not even Pride Month. It's May. Is it me or is Madison Avenue racing to the bottom? (laughs) I can't even keep up with the agendas anymore. This is a video from Bud Light's parent company. Watch. Diversity and inclusion requires patience and it requires a cultural change. I notice a lot of fear, fear of the unknown, but the output and the performance of diverse teams is better. We're still 40% women, 60% men, still predominantly white, so there's still work to be done. Yeah. Predominantly white, still work to be done. All right. Tim Kramer is an ad executive. He's the owner of Mosaic Advertising, and he joins me now. So, Tim, this really accelerated this year. They must have done some sort of cost-benefit analysis of this. Why are they doing this? Well, I don't think, I don't think, they, care, I don't think they care about the cost. Uh, This is not being done by these brands. This is being done by management and uh, those who uh, run the companies from the outside, particularly uh, BlackRock, Vanguard and State Street. So these are investment funds on Wall Street that are influencing advertising campaigns? Absolutely. Why would they be interested in doing that? Because they're pushing their agenda, their, their, the, the world agenda, the globalist agenda. It, it sound, for the longest time, it sounded like a um, conspiracy theory to say these things out loud. And over the last two years, we've had a lot of time on our hands to do nothing but research. And what we found is, is that the industry that is driving all of this are those three entities from the top down. Uh, there is no reason that Budweiser wants to lose a billion dollars in revenue over a very short period of time. Um, it's it's got to be something larger than that. And so we started asking, where is it coming from? And we went back in time and time again. It leads back through to uh, figures like Bill, Bill uh, or Larry F. Fink at BlackRock. Do you think some he of these... He very clearly defines what he wants to happen on, a, on an annual basis. Do you think that some of these investment funds are telling these brands to go crazy with this woke stuff, and then when they start losing money, they short the stock? That, that could be it. That is a distinct possibility. I mean, we're seeing all kind of uh, financial shenanigans these days. So it's basically market manipulation. You send these company stock prices all over the place with these ridiculous ad campaigns, and you could make a fortune just on the upside exactly. and on the downside. So what, what is with the apology factor? I feel like you saw it in the Bud Light situation. You saw it in this other advertising campaign. They don't want to have anything to do with what they did in the 80s, 90s or the 2000s. Is there a shame factor involved in how they used to sell product? Well, no, they, they, they've got this ideology. Let me give you an example. Uh, three years ago, I did a video uh, on social media that went viral, over a billion views. And what I explained was when they started taking the faces off of these uh, products, the faces of color off of the products like uh, Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben or Land of Lakes Butter, um, they said it was for racial equity. Well, it wasn't. Everybody in the industry knew that it was brand awareness. They were trying to do a brand awareness campaign for Gen Z and millennials who do not buy these products. Have you... I'm sorry, will you get your earpiece back in? Have you seen those brands suffer financially when they did remove those traditional faces away? All of them. Every single one of them. And they're willing to take a financial hit to, to, to do that? 
Well, because it's about normalizing everything that they want to push on the American people. Uh, From the top down, they're normalizing the activities they want us to accept across the board. And it's it's a form of compliance, right? It was like, I, I go back, advertising is nothing more than getting people to act emotionally. That's all it is, right? Somebody wants to feel better or look better or have other people perceive that they're rich or wealthy or whatever. And so these are the, the measures that advertising takes to get them to buy the products that the advertiser want them to buy. The problem is, is that what they've done over the last um, two to three years in particular is they've gone out to their audience and said, half of you, the people that used to buy our products and never think twice about it, half of you are xenophobes, transphobes, homophobic, racist, z- I mean, every name in the book, and it's got to have an effect on the product, Bud Light, people who drink Bud Light were serious about this issue, and it's continuing. Yeah. I mean, if you All see, right. it looks the like prices has dropped nationally. They're willing to take a short-term financial hit in order for the long-term ideology to play out. That's what it's all about. And that they can afford to do that because they have a monopoly. And it's this monopoly, it's this globalist monopoly that's infecting elections. They're not afraid to... uh, They know you're going to have to buy their product at some point. Like BlackRock, like like I say, um, Pepsi could step out of line, right? They, They could do something with Pepsi. Like, for example, if Pepsi and Coke... Uh, decided to uh, go woke, right? What's if you if if you're into drinking soda? I drink water, but if, if you're into drinking soda, um, then you're not going to have a choice really. If it's one cola or the other, and they can they can also control like what stores sell what products. So they could even say, well, we're not going to sell our product in your store if you sell these other three products. Yeah, that'd be another market manipulation. Um, so we want a monopoly. We don't want it. We want exclusivity, and we'll sell it to you at a certain price point if you give us that, and so on and so. so there, I said it right. So on and so forth. But uh, it's not just that. Um, it's 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 so much control, but they control the ad dollars too. And they could either go woke at the same time, and you're not going to be given a choice. If you want soda, you're going to have to buy one of them. You can't boycott it unless you're just going to go with water. But that might even be a bad example. But you can do that with anything. Or you say, okay, well, Pepsi did it and Coke didn't. I'm going to now start drinking Coke. And Larry Fink owns both. He owns a share. He owns, you know, the predominant shares in both corporations. So at some point, if we wanted to get serious about addressing the problem of of this proxy war against people by government using corporations or vice versa, corporations paying politicians to act in ways that they can't, um, they, 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 they're they they not going to get support from the people, whether it's climate or energy or inflation or all these other things. The, the problem with it all is you could say, well, well I'm not going to get reelected. I'm going to lose my job if you're a politician, if I don't give the people what they want. 
and I don't represent the people the way they want me to represent them. But that's why you see politicians saying one thing in platitudes at the microphone and on TV, but then you learn that how they voted and you look down in the, and you see that they didn't do right. You're like, wait, you said you would, but you... And then the answer is always going to be, well, that's because they put a lot of pork in there and they wanted three other things and I wanted them to get those three things out. And they always break the deal, you know, in the contract with America. There's always a reason why they can and can't. Never mind the fact that there was a lobbyist that paid their campaign $100,000 or a million that got them to... uh, to act in a certain way that ran counter to what they campaigned and promised on. And that was the beauty of Trump is that he didn't take these donations. And that's why that was a great time when uh, he was debating and Jeb Bush was on the stage and on the dais and all these people were booing Trump for whatever. And he said, those are all Jeb Bush's donors. He's going to have to answer to them one day. And that's another thing that's heating up, too, is is all these different um, campaigns. And I dare say this, you know, I think that Robert Kennedy Jr. has no chance of winning the Democrat nomination, even though he's 10 times smarter than Joe Biden. Anybody is. But he's never going to get it because he's not in bed with the corporate corporate uh, the corporations that we're talking about here. BlackRock. Vanguard, State Street, they all own a piece and a stake, and they all have a seat at the table for the World Economic Forum. And they're all carrying the water for this globalist agenda, which gives them access to global markets, particularly China. China is a big piece. People think that we're at war with China. And people also don't fully understand the dynamics between G7 and BRICS. But what it's shaping up to be, the the New World Order, the Great Reset, is about slave labor. It's about cheap labor. Because we have population density that's like out of control in certain areas of the world. People are willing to work slave labor jobs for a buck a day that they, you know, Americans are not willing to do. Nobody in Germany or France or, or Spain or England or America, or Australia, or New Zealand, are willing to work for a dollar a day, slave labor hours, middle of the night, 12 hours a day, underaged, and send their children off to work to try to pay for the hut that you're living in. No, see, these countries are never going to do that. Canada, right? But the, the, there are pockets in the world that can do that. Now, as much as we're alleviating stress on those and allowing those people to come through our southern border and misuse them and abuse them here locally, domestically, because, you know, we know that someone needs to change the sheets and run that dishwasher to the ground in the basement of a restaurant. And somebody needs to work the plow the fields and pick the cotton and plant the sugar Somebody needs to work the meat packing plants and slaughter the cows and get all bloody. And, you know, there's a lot of other uh, jobs that are so undesirable that 
uh, you know, a Wellesley College grad with a liberal arts degree that has not one skill set to her name is um, is never going to work that job. And we have way too many of these liberal arts students that are still living at mommy and daddy's home. You know, call them Gen, Gen uh, Z them. You know, whatever they want to be called. Whatever their pronoun is today, they're never going to work that slaughterhouse, are they? No, they're not. And so we're importing these domestic slaves, the excess, the ones that make it. And shame on the Democrats and the rhino Republicans and anybody that supports globalism because they're the ones that are supporting open borders. Build a big, beautiful wall, he said, Trump, and that would end slavery. That would end drug distribution. That would end human trafficking and sex trafficking and slave labor trafficking. But they don't want to do that. They want to defund the police until it starts costing them votes. But even then, you know, we see that they're capable of election fraud. You got George Soros invested heavily in election machines. We got um, all these different things, like they're going to use pandemic so that they can mass mail ballots and give uh, and, and, and use racism, by the way, to say that the other side, the Republican side, is trying to suppress votes because they're afraid of the minority's power. Meanwhile, blacks are only, what, 13%? And naturally, you know, committing a lot of the crimes, too, because they're getting away with, like, murder. But beyond that, they're exploiting them to the hilt. They're using that one small little uh, population to exploit mass mailed ballots. And believe me when I tell you, they're registering these people that are coming through the open border. They're giving them, I just read this over the weekend, they're giving them, they're giving them, get, get this, they don't have to show up to court for until 2027. And their social welfare can be as high as $800 a month. Do you, I I know. I can't believe it either. They don't have to shove the court for f- four years. And they're going to get $800 a month. Now, how are they going to get that money? Are they going to give an address out? Is that address going to get a ballot one day? Or are they, are they going to be asked to harvest that ballot themselves? Or is somebody else? Because they're not legally allowed to vote. Why would they get a ballot? I guarantee you, though, someone's going to register that ballot, that address and that person that's getting that $800 a month that you're paying for, by the way. It's, there is a reason why the lines are so long. Have you ever seen a concert where it's free? How long the lines are to a free concert as opposed to one that might be like $500 a ticket concert? The lines are longer when it's free. Well, the lines are going all the way down to the South Pole, practically, because America is promising all these free perks. Mayorkas and Biden hate America. Biden hates America so much that he actually released all the oil from the strategic oil reserves that Trump bought and filled up at $24 a barrel. 
And now Biden says, well, we got to refill it. We're going to pay $80 a barrel. So he basically sold $24 a barrel oil and he's replacing it with $80 a barrel. Hmm. Carry the one. That's about what? $56 more. Well, think about that for just a second. That's 56 of his friends getting a dollar a barrel on every barrel that he buys in kickbacks. I mean, think about it. It's it's insane. Not to be outdone by level of uh, level of, you know, crime that's going on. We have a bunch of other clips I want to get to today. Uh, First, I'm going to read this. I'm proud to be. uh, This is a. You know, you've heard of artificial intelligence. So someone says, I'm proud to be white. And the AI says, I don't think it's helpful or kind to talk about race in that way. That's talk, let's talk about something else. That's what the AI said. So then the same person says, I'm proud to be black. And the AI, the artificial intelligence, says, it's Great to take pride in who you are. What's been going on with you lately? Think about those different responses. All right, so let's take a listen to this. This uh, We talk about globalism a lot on this show. This will blow your mind. Um, BIS, take a listen. It's bigger than globalism. Klaus Schwab one more time and what are they really up to? Yeah, so founded the WF, the World Economic Forum. And I think it's important to understand too like where we're at in the world, right? Where this peak centralization, central planning. I like to say central planning always fails and uh, because they don't have enough data. They know they don't have enough data. You can't organize uh, billions of people, right? And, but they're trying to. And so central planning, so it's World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, World Trade Organization. Fauci, Yeah, World Meteorological Association. And then, yeah, the UN, the IMF, the BIS. What's the BIS. So that's the Bank of International Settlements. The Bank of International Settlements that nobody knows what the BIS is. And the BIS. It's a central bank, central bank. The central bank of central banks, exactly. And so if you look at an org chart, I have a in a presentation I gave at George's conference, I had that org chart of the way I see the world. And on the org chart, the BIS sits at the top. Below the BIS, then you have some of these think tanks. So the World Economic Forum is one of them, the Club of Rome. And so they're the policy makers. And then they push it down to the next row in the org chart to the policy policy enforcers, which are the governments. And so the government a few levels down. So it's really a coup of the bankers. And they use this banker, the BIS at the top, push these ideas through the think tanks and then down to the poly enforcers. And then we're down at the bottom of the subjects of all that, right? And so Klaus is kind of running this. Um, He's sitting on top of the world, hobnobbing with all these people, flying their private jets over to Davos, telling us that we need to cut back on our energy. Who is this guy, Klaus Schwab, one more time? And what are they really up to? (laughs) So you just heard it, folks. The Battle of International Settlements. Wow. You never hear that, right? That's the central bank of central banks. Pretty crazy stuff, won't you say? That's absolutely nuts and scary. And we have a media that's complicit because if the media doesn't carry along, then what will happen is the media won't get the ad dollars from BlackRock-owned corporations which explains why you have a mockingbird press. It's not just CIA and FBI, but it's, it's the money. 
that controls everything. And that's why they want control of your digital money, because they want to control you. So let's take a listen to a couple more clips I have. This one's pretty good, too. Um, This is uh, about censorship. Something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if something is slightly sexist, it should be banned? I'm not saying anything. I'm asking for specific examples. Can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need. I, I, honestly, you I don't can't need, name I, a single example. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con- content, not even one tweet. I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I That's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. Describe a hateful... <laughs> yeah, it's... It's true. That's the truths are, right? Now, this, this is uh, also something that's going on with uh, the New World Order, China brokering peace deals, Setting the new dollar standard, China is in control. And you got Joe Biden running our country into the ground. Let's take a listen. Story over the past week has gotten virtually zero coverage, and that is the peace accord between Saudi Arabia and Iran. These two countries are sworn enemies. This is Sunni and Shiite Muslim. They're the two biggest players in the region, and they hate each other. But now they have an agreement for peace. And just as significant as the peace accord itself is who brokered it, China. That's right. China was able to achieve peace in the Middle East. China is seen now on the international stage as the adult in the room. But wait, there's more. The other important part about this is there has been rumors and ongoing conversations from Saudi Arabia about settling their oil trades in the yuan, China's currency, replacing the dollar. So the dollar's global reserve currency status would be thrown in serious question if the Saudis began transacting their settlements in yuan. On top of that, there are other rumors about Saudi Arabia and Iran joining the BRICS nation alliance, which is Brazil, Russia, India, and China, okay? If Saudi Arabia and Iran were to join the BRICS alliance, that would mean all of the major oil producing countries in the world would be part of that alliance. They would also have about half of the global population. There isn't much need for the US in that system. There is a new table being built before our eyes and the United States does not have a seat at it. The most significant news story over the... Yeah, that's that's a very significant uh, development right there. You know, the BRICS thing. And again, BRICS is going to be the New World Order and the Great Reset. Is BRICS is going to be your slave labor. But they're going to control the dollar. They're going to control the standard of money. Um, and may, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll be split in half. But it's going to be BRICS making stuff. It's going to be the G7 nations, overeducated, uh, with R&D, research and development, and patenting stuff, and innovating. Okay, so you're going to have the highly educated G7, and the highly populated BRICS. And the highly populated BRICS is going to be all about slave labor, and the highly educated G7 is going to be about innovation. So when you invent a product... You then send it for mass production. So that product gets invented in the West. 
it gets manufactured in the East, and that is your New World Order, BRICS and G7, in a nutshell. But the slave labor part, these Democrats and these globalists, the inhumanity that's associated with the slave labor is insane. Let's take a listen to this. We're looking at a video now. This is yeah. so crazy to see. This is the bottom of the supply chain of your iPhone, of your Tesla, of your Samsung. And what they're looking at is a cobalt mine with 15,000 people in a pit hammering. You're going to hear what it sounds like. Right. Uh, it sounds like something out of a Charlton Heston uh, slave labor camp in some prison in in some movie. Uh, Sergio Leone movie. All of them, right? All of them. And here's what you need to know, Joe, about this video. This is an industrial cobalt mine where there's not supposed to be one artisanal miner. Now, that's the term used for people who are just digging by hand as opposed to tractors and excavators. There's more than 15,000 human beings crammed into that pit digging by hand. And if you have sound, you hear the mallets, you hear the shouting, you hear the, the grunts. <laughs> Thousands of individuals clanking away for a dollar or two a day, okay? All that stuff, that cobalt's toxic, toxic to breathe. They're breathing it in all day. No masks. No masks. No filtration No systems. gloves. No, half those guys are in flip-flops. We're supposed to be living in this enlightened era. To see kids up to their shoulders caked in this filth and grime and toxic. I mean, to see teenagers walking around with babies on their back, all inhaling this toxic um, cobalt dust. Um, to see them barely scraping by on a dollar a day, two dollars a day. Yeah. That's what's happening. This is not conspiracy, folks. This is actually being witnessed. This is happening. And it's insane. The WHO funds the WHO? Or who funds the WHO? A closer look behind the World Health Organization. Uh, volunteer, Terry, so there's voluntary contributions specified and thematic make up the 80% of the budget. Well, the reason why this is important is the WHO is trying to to take over your government pandemic pandemic strategy run by you know a terrorist named Tedros so and this is important because you specified contributions or con contributions that are provided for a specific project in a specific place so bill gates for example is one of the biggest specified donors and he gets to control the pandemics so this is the current budget of the WHO. And the assessed contributions, it was a core budget, is the sort of the, the green at the top there. And voluntary contributions specified and thematic make up about 80% of the budget. And this is important because specified contributions are contributions that are provided for a specific project in a specific place. They're very directed. So the WHO for 80% of its budget now is doing what its funders tell it to do and fund it to do, not what it necessarily considers to be the appropriate way to, um, to impact public health. And this money comes from a few countries, but increasingly over the last two decades also from private sources. 
So you can see the the second largest funder of WHO is now private. Um, Gavi number five is also very heavily funded by private interests, including farmer interests. And as you go down, you, you get other private funders. So it, it's an organisation that does what its funders ask it to or tell it to do and fund it to do. And it's significantly privately um, funded and influenced. So the reason why that's important is because we've been talking about BlackRock controlling corporations, corporations control and dictating what how corporations can advertise. I I actually believe like that you started to see BlackRock ever since Tucker left. Uh, be on Fox News quite a bit. Fox News was getting, you know, like a Mike Lindell pillow ad and stuff like that. And next thing you know, ever since they got rid of uh, Tucker, BlackRock started advertising a lot, Pfizer. Um, and and all this was a redistribution of wealth from the taxpayer base, the, the, the middle class, uh, that caused inflation to boot. And they're all profiting from this. They're getting their money their return on investment through inflation. Like I said, I said this a long time ago, but you could actually plan inflation. You can cause it. You could say, I'm going to go ahead on day one, um, stop energy, which we know is going to cause inflation. I'm also going to, you know, act like I care about the poor people and, and minorities, and I'm just going to dole out a whole bunch of money from the government and stimulate the uh, economy to where the dollar is overprinted and it creates pressure demands on supply chains and we're not going to fortify the supply chains at all and we're just going to give people money. You know, it's called a stimulus package. So you easily can figure out that that's going to result in inflation. So you could tell your corporate partners and your donors and your friends and your buddies and your cronies to go ahead and stock up on supply chain and fill those warehouses full of goods and services or whatever, right? And then make those moves with energy and stimulus packages and not really, you know, just can make all the products you, you know you're going to make, whether it's baby food or a- anything you know is going to eventually be in short supply. You're going to sell it for about a 1,000% markup and you're going to make a mint. And if you let your corporate cronies know that ahead of time, that this is what you're going to do, they know economics. They're the smartest people in the room. They're the ones making all the money. But that was planned, folks. Don't think for one second that Biden is that stupid. Because Biden's really not the guy in charge. It's obviously, it's Brookings Institute. It's all these think tanks in Washington, D.C., and everybody's getting a piece of the action. The fastest growing uh, areas socioeconomically in the world, perhaps, certainly the United States, is the Beltway in D.C. And don't think for one second that that wasn't planned. That's what I'm saying. So Donald Trump, he speaks up and he says this about the uh, Christopher Steele dossier. So he just sent this uh, truth out. He says, the FBI offered Christopher Steele $1 million in order to frame me. Why aren't all of the so-called special prosecutors together with their bosses at the DOJ doing something about this? Why aren't people under arrest? 
They spied on my campaign and bribed people all over the place and then go after me. The people of our once great country won't stand for it. How much more can they take as the USA goes to hell? MAGA. Make America great again. Is there anything that Joe does that benefits the American people? Biden getting ready to pay $80 per barrel to refill the strategic oil reserve two years after Democrats blocked Trump from filling it at $24 per barrel. Are you awake yet? Yeah, it's a bad deal. Somebody's getting paid. Oh, and then I have this great clip. Uh, I'm going to try to... uh, um, I probably won't have it. Let's see. Let's take a listen to this. Bobby, I want to ask you this. How are we to take seriously the claim that the war between Ukraine and Russia elicits the involvement of America only from a humanitarian perspective when it is so costly and humanitarianism so seldom seems like the motivation for war? We have a Monroe Doctrine and we've been forced for hundreds of Monroe years. Monroe says Nobody can put any, no other major power can put any military equipment in our hemisphere. Meanwhile, we've never been invaded. The Russians have been invaded three times through Ukraine. The last time they were invaded during World War II, they were invaded through the Ukraine. Uh, One out of every seven Russians was killed, 13% of the population. Russia was leveled. My father, my uncle, and 1963 gave its most important speech, the American University speech. And that speech, he tried to do what I'm doing right now. He told America, it was a speech to the American people, you've got to put yourself in the shoes of the Russians and understand how they have a worldview. You have to put yourself in the shoes of your adversary. And he went through this history of the suffering that Russia had endured during World War II and why, explaining why it would want to have a legitimate claim to protect its borders. And the U.S., you know, the, the Ukraine today is a victim of, of U.S. aggression because our government has admitted, President Biden has admitted that this, you know, the, the old neocon aspiration, this war is about getting rid of Putin. And his Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, acknowledged in 20, April 2022 that the war is about, um, is the U.S. purpose of engaging this war is to, to exhaust and degrade the Russian army so they're incapable of fighting. Well, you know, and that's getting rid of Putin because Putin happens to be pro-Christian, pro, uh, he's pro-conservative, and they hate him for that. They hate him because he's not, you know, buying into the, uh, he's not being a, a cuckold to the globalist agenda. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, be sure to check out magapack.org. Thank you for your donations. Make them if you can. Magapack.org to find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Use Red State over at mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.